lights. It's seven Friday night. Welcome to another episode of Seven Friday Night. I'm Sports Stars Magazine editor Chase Bryson, and this is not the original introduction I planned for this episode. The first one was meant to be recorded Monday and was centered around our Sunday night excursion into San Francisco to enjoy a show by one of our favorite singer-songwriters, Will Hogue. A great show, and my co-host Ben may add more, but now it's Tuesday afternoon and the intro is different because, well, I never hit the record button on Monday night. So... That's how week 10 is starting for me. Ben, thanks for coming back to do it all over. And I accept any and all ridicule. Go. Yes, good people. Uh, I'm not going to, I just, I'm not going to subject you to the emotions that have gone through me the last 24 hours. Um, Since I've been getting over illness as well, I have a compromised voice. And so Chase has decided that I should do this again this week. So here we are. And Uh, As he alluded to, because we have a podcast and sometimes the good folks of internet land have to listen to us talk about whatever the heck we want. So today I ignore the uh, tomfoolery of yesterday. I ignore the predictable result of the 49ers game. And I spotlight the greatness of Will Hogue from Nashville, Tennessee. After you listen to this high quality football banter, go look up Will and check out his records. You're welcome, America. (laughs) Now, since I've lost our few listeners in the first two minutes and Chase knows that I have, you know, other things to do in my life, let's dive into what we all came here to talk about. I I guess you deserve some credit, although my credit is less effusive as it was the first time we tried to do this uh, in talking about uh, while I was sitting at home on Friday night trying to recover from being sick. You ventured into the 209 for a Friday night on grass, of all things. Tell us what you found in Manteca. Grass. Grass. I was so excited. That's like finding a unicorn these days. That was was a nice treat. Throwback. Well, firstly, it was not a game for those who appreciate stout defensive football. That's for sure. But if you like watching explosive plays and big momentum shifts, then this one was right up your alley. Sweet cracker sandwiches was their offense in this one. There were 105 points scored, 971 yards of total offense. When everything settled, Central Catholic came away with a 56-49 win, taking down our number eight ranked team and justifying the program's insane non-league schedule. But what stood out to me the most regarding the Raiders was their balance. We've talked up running back Tyler Jacklich more than a few times on this show, and he definitely showed out with 179 yards and four touchdowns. But the other Tyler, QB Tyler Wentworth, had a huge night as well. The junior passed for 216 yards and four touchdowns, three of which came in the third quarter when Central Catholic took charge of the game. Central Catholic had big plays on special teams too, getting a kick return for a score and recovering a muffed pooch kick. So lots to like about Central Catholic's effort. There were a few... Um, problems on defense, uh, but that was largely in part to the guy we're talking about next, because we can't talk about this game without talking about our guy Thor. Blake Nicholson put on some kind of show for Manteca. He set new school records with 409 rushing yards, seven touchdowns. He also played every down on defense, too. It was a remarkable effort and likely would have been enough against just about any other team, I would think. Just a couple of third down stops by that defense, man, and I think they win. Central Catholic went Seven of nine on th- for third down conversions. 
yeah, so both of these teams will be real threats in their respective Sac Joaquin session divisions, which we'll get into in just a bit. But first, you stayed home Friday night, used the interwebs to take in multiple games. What teams did you watch and what did you notice? Yes, I had the war room at max capacity on Friday night. So first of all, props to my Comcast connection, which supported streaming on not one, not two, not three, but four separate devices at one time uh, and earned me some well-deserved scorn from my significant other. Uh, But I will jump into it by saying the main two games that I was paying attention to were Elk Grove against Jesuit in the Delta League, for all intents and purposes, Delta League championship game, and Bellarmine against Sacred Heart Cathedral. Uh, But at at various points, I also took a peek at De La Salle Monta Vista, Antioch Liberty, and most definitely the second half of the Grant Monterey Trail game. Uh, The ability to watch high school football at home right now is unparalleled, so that was it really helped helped a, a dude out. Let's go in order here. Uh, Elk Grove Jesuit is first, and I would say, uh, in looking back at the game, Elk Grove took control early, and they weathered a Jesuit push in the second half. You know, Marlon Blanton told the announced crew at halftime that discipline was an issue, and in the game's biggest moment, with the Marauders really threatening to get back in it, back-to-back offsides penalties turned a fourth down into a first down and really gave Elk Grove the upper hand to eventually win 34-21. We assume this means Elk Grove is going to end up Delta League champs, and we'll talk about that a little bit later as far as the impact that it'll have on the SJS playoffs. Uh, Bellarmine Sacred Heart Cathedral actually was a really fun watch, and not just because of uh, George Devine's anecdotes, which I enjoyed quite a bit. This game was instructive as to just how hard it is to predict games without an injury report. Bellarmine was without quarterback Parker Threat and running back Ben Pfaff. And even though the Bells took an early lead, the Fighting Irish eventually turned things around and pulled away. We've talked in this uh, space before about Jerry Mixon, but the name you really need to know this week is R.L. Miller. He's headed to Arizona State, and he had a pick six. He snatched an option pitch and took it the other way for a score, and he added a receiving touchdown. Sacred Heart got the 30-17 to 17 win, and I think it was well-deserved. Uh, I won't spend too much time on De La Salle Monta Vista, except to say that our guys Pat O'Rourke and Damon Esper sounded great, as always. And uh, in terms of Antioch Liberty, I'll say it could have been a lot closer than the 35-6 to 6 final made it seem, uh, but Antioch fumbled in the Liberty red zone at the end of the first half, and the Lions took the opening drive of the second half for a touchdown that sealed things. So could have been closer, but a good win for Liberty. I will wrap it up by saying uh, I do want to spend a quick minute talking about Grant Monterey Trail for a number of reasons. On the field, it was very much like what you saw in Manteca. Uh, Rock'em, sock'em, back and forth, offensive slugfest. Both teams were really just scoring at will by the end of the game. But uh, Monterey Trail did a great job of running the clock down before Vince R. Curry scored on an 11-yard run to finish off a 49-42 to Mustangs win. Uh, unfortunately, that's where the good report ends on this one, as the Sacramento Bee reported not long after the game that there was a fatal shooting in a parking lot on the north side of the Grant campus. Just a really sad way to end what I thought looked like a festive and good high school football atmosphere. Uh, and I just wanted to make mention of that and say that our thoughts are with everybody affected. Really sad that that's how that night uh, wrapped up because it was a really good football game between two really good high school football teams. So that's a lot. 
<laughs> I've been talking for quite a while. Uh, but after I have waxed lyrical, and since we did a deep dive on the NCS last week, uh, this week brings the final week of the regular season in the Sac Joaquin section. So let's take a quick look at the intriguing games that might make a difference in the playoff structure. What games are you most interested in seeing a result from this week? There are uh, a lot of games, a lot of games this week in the NHS that are going to determine some some league titles and some seeding uh, in the brackets. I think if I had to pick one, uh, I would definitely be at that Christian Brothers Vista Del Lago Folsom game. Uh, one team averaging 37 points, another averaging 36. And not only is it for a league championship, uh, the Capital Athletic League Championship, but both teams are likely headed to the same Division Three bracket, which means it will directly affect seeding and home field if the teams meet against each or if the teams meet again in November. Uh, so that would be my pick. Uh, but I think you wrote down several. I did. I took copious notes as <laughs> I did last week when I talked about NCS open division and D one. Um, the top of the list is exactly where you started. Actually, Christian brothers, Vista Del Lago, definitely going to be a good football game. Uh, West Park at Lincoln in the Foothill Valley League is actually a battle of second place teams, but you know West Park hung pretty tough with Placer last week, so we're going to see if they can bounce back on the road and um, see if they can get some momentum going into the postseason. Uh, Dixon is heading to Casa Roble in a game that we'll touch on briefly on Thursday, probably. Uh, that settles the Golden Empire League title. Uh, I should mention Vanden Rodriguez as a battle for Fairfield bragging rights and probably some playoff positioning. Um, Sonora at Somerville will decide the motherload league title. And then I don't, you know, why not throw in the Valley Oak League? It, you saw <laughs> Manteca take a L last week, but Oakdale at Manteca, uh, I challenge you to find a better entertainment value than that game. And that will... Uh, have playoff seating implications for sure. So that's at Oakdale. It is at Manteca. Oh, it's at Manteca. Yeah. All right. So yeah, lots going on in the last week of the regular season. Yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, let's let's talk a little more SGS playoffs here, um, because it's obviously the final week of regular season in that section, and and there will be playoff brackets out before our next Tuesday show. I was poking around the internet. I found Steve Montoya of Mass Preps recently released his projected brackets. So I thought we could take a peek at those. Uh, I'm going to read off kind of some what he's got in Division One and Division Two, kind of as the top four seeds, and then I'll let you uh, take a crack at at what your thoughts on those are. But let's start in Division One. He's got Folsom and St. Mary's as the top two seeds. No brainers there. Then he has Monterey Trail getting the three seed over Central Catholic. And then Oak Ridge checking in at number five. For those wondering about Del Oro, they they actually fall in Division Two. Uh, I think that's a pretty solid top five for me. You got sitting at number six, maybe a Delta League champion in Elk Grove. If they win that league, which we think they will, they will go Division One. If for some reason they don't, they think they think they might fall to Division Two. Uh, speaking of Division Two, you got top four seeds as Manteca, Del Oro, Downey, Monta Vista, and Rockland in that order. Jesuit Granite Bay and Tracy are also going to fall into this bracket. So, when you looked at those, what what jumped out to you? Yeah, you know, in the time between the first time we attempted to do this and the second time, you know, life happens, of course. And so as my personal life has shifted, uh, I'm actually kind of I have some skin in the game as to where Monterey Trail ends up in the seedings, because if it turns out that I am in the Sacramento region in the second weekend of November, I would 
it'd be okay with me if the Mustangs were hosting a playoff game. That would be fine. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, Steve does a great job with these, and uh, it's hard to find fault with a lot of it. Again, a lot is still to be decided this week. Um, the one thing that jumped out at me is um, in D2, Manteca and Del Oro, there's a case to be made that Del Oro is, uh, in my mind, the top Division II team in the SAC Joaquin section right now. Um, you know, they'll they appear to be they'll be on opposite sides of the bracket, so it won't matter that much. But um, that bracket is stacked, as yeah. you said. So, you know, the difference between a one and a two may be a big deal. And I think we agree that the Sierra Foothill League is the league to beat all leagues at the moment. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah I think Del Oro certainly has a good case to be one there, especially if you consider their only loss is going to be to the number one seed in Division One, and they're part of the probably the best league in the section. Uh, I don't think anyone would argue that at this point. So not so fast, my friend. <laughs> they they got to take care of business this week. That's true. So does Manteca. That's true. So good games. What Del Oro has Oak Ridge, right? That's correct. Yeah, at Oak Ridge. No, I'm not. I'm not chalking up a win over Casey Taylor's boys yet. <laughs> um, and I'm not chalking up a win for Manteca against Oakdale. That's but, fair too. Uh, it, yeah, it's if it shakes out that way, then that's a discussion they'll have to have for sure. Well, these brackets will definitely be fun to pour over next Tuesday. We'll have them in front of us, and we can pick out our favorite matchups. Yes, indeed, we will. So now that we've dived deep on the sjs let's bring it back to the ncs and specifically the redwood empire where rancha katati of ronert park bounced back from a loss to windsor and earned a thoroughly impressive 27 to nothing win over cardinal newman the ringleader on defense for the Cougs is cal commit silasa vandrawale who i had the good fortune to meet after rancho beat las lomas earlier this year we caught up with silasa this weekend to talk all things rancho football as they prepare to wrap up the regular season and then move into a NCS Division II bracket in which they could make some serious noise. Well, we're pleased to have a guest again this week, and it's a good one. Joining us now is one of the Bay Area's best two-way players. We're stoked to welcome three-star Cal commit Silasa Vadrawali from Rancho Gatati of Rona Park. The wide receiver defensive back is the Cougars' team leader in touchdowns with 12 and tackles with 58. Rancho is coming off a gritty 27-0 shutout of North Bay League rival Cardinal Newman of Santa Rosa last week and is now 6-2 and two overall. Congrats on the win, Cy, and welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Well, let's start with the most recent result. I mean, Cardinal Newman came into last week's game having scored a combined 90 points in its last two games and more than 40 in three of its previous four. But you guys had the answer, and you managed to pitch a shutout. What was yep. the game plan against Cardinal Newman, and what worked so well for you guys? I'm stopping the run for sure. Um, they have the uh, best player over there. Um, his name's Ace. Um, Santino Acevedo is his full name, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a great player. Um, I'm friends with him, so I know he's liking everything. He's a good person as well. So a uh, big thing was emphasis to um, stop him from bouncing everything outside because that's where he likes to go. So a lot of the emphasis was me um, shadowing every everywhere he went. If you bounced it out, I would fill the alley and everything. So the game plan was just um, just put there, and I feel like we executed well. Let's talk about your team's QB1, uh, Liam Keeney. He suffered a scary hit to the head in the game against Annalee of Sebastopol and has been sidelined and definitely with a concussion. A big leader on this team, both on and off the field. So what's it been like with him being out the past couple of weeks, and 
what sort of adjustments have you guys had to make? Uh, it's been really shaky. Um, well, he was the leader all our, uh, for this for, for whole year so far and last year as well. So it's a big loss for us. But um, our QB1 right now just stepped up. Uh, Jacob Pru is great right now. So we're more of like a run offense, not passing, passing as much. But um, we're going to try and involve passing more. But other than that, uh, I feel like it was shaky at first. Um, wasn't really expecting it to happen, but it happened. And I feel like we bounced back well. Should have got a win uh, the week before against Windsor. But um, happy that we got to break that 20-year curse at Carter Newman. How is Liam's recovery going? It's going pretty good, actually. I feel like he's in the best place he possibly can be. So, yeah, I've, I, I talk to him every day. So, yeah. Chase mentioned briefly when we started that you are one of the Bay Area's top two-way guys. And and I know that there comes a point in every season where players kind of hit a wall and, and bumps and bruises are easier to notice. Is there or was there a point this year where you're going both ways and you kind of – it was just – you felt the most exhausted because you're out there every almost every play of every game. Uh, not really this year. Uh, I would say. Um, I have like more um rest. Last year, I used to be on everything, but then this year they took me off most of the special teams, so I'm I'm fine now. So I don't. I'm, my motor's well. <laughs> <laughs> I uh. I'll follow that up with kind of a philosophical question. Since you do, you are among the best receivers and defensive backs, which one is more fun to you as a player? Burning a DB as a wide receiver or delivering a big hit or getting that big pass breakup as a DB? I mean, the past couple of weeks, um, I haven't even scored any touchdowns. So, like two weeks, I haven't scored touchdowns, but I've been making plays on defense. So, defense has been fun for me. Um, at the end of the day, what happens is what matters is the W. So, um, no matter if I score any touchdowns or anything, but if I get my job done on defense, then that's what matters most. So, I'll probably say defense. Is that where is that where Cal expects you to be on defense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll actually toss in a, a bonus here. The in looking at the reports from the other night's game, I want to ask you about your teammate Ananias Walker. Man, what a, it just seems like quite a talent playing next yeah. to you there. Yep. Um, yeah, so we both play KT together. Um, we'd ride up. Uh, I'd drive him to, up there to our KT practices up in Concord. So, yeah, uh, I've been like uh, a big brother to him throughout this recruiting process, letting him know what's good and what not to do and stuff like that. So great player. Um, we played my sophomore year when I was on varsity. He was also a freshman starting. So we were both with the corners for our uh, varsity team that year. So um, we came along well. I know he's going to miss me next year. <laughs> But, yeah, so I feel like uh, yeah, he's going to be a great player as he grows up. What's your favorite part about this team right now and, and where you guys are at? Uh, Chemistry. I feel like um biggest thing was a lot of teams would have folded. They would have um, fell down after Liam um, got hurt. I feel like they would have um, just stopped playing and stopped playing for the person next to us, them, I mean. But um, I feel like the way that we bounced back and the way that um, our team um, got closer – and um, just being able to play for the person next to us is a big thing for us. So I feel like our chemistry is the biggest thing right now. All right, well, so uh, Ben might have another question, but my final question is actually not about football, but something almost as important, food. So for years, I had a favorite pregame stop. Whenever I made trips into the Redwood Empire to cover games, it was in the town of Katati, and it was called Porter Street Barbecue. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever ate there. It was delicious. Great try tip. So the yep. original restaurant is, is in Arcata, where I went to college at Humboldt State. So I was really stoked there was one down here. But anyway, it. it closed three or four years ago, crushing my soul and leaving me without a go-to pregame meal on the 101. So let's go, Cy. <laughs> Hit us with your best recommendation for Eats the next time we come your way. Um, My biggest one before games is for on lunch, I go um to Michael Sourdough Sandwich. It's here in Katati. It's also in Santa Rosa. I mean, not Katati. I mean, Runner Park at the Square. It's across the street yeah. from our school. And um, I go there, get a number 17, because that's my number. <laughs> <laughs> 17. I also, uh, and then I also get like mac and cheese. And then, Ooh. and then I, all right. So I eat half of the sandwich. It's like a big sandwich. So I eat half the sandwich during lunch and then the other half right before the game. So that's a big thing. But last game, I actually ate, um, Hawaiian barbecue at Ohana barbecue in um in Santa Rosa. So I changed it up, but still got the W. So what's on the 17? Um it's turkey um with uh lettuce, bacon. Can't go wrong with turkey and bacon. I'm not sure what else. I forgot, but yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling the All 17 right. here. This is good. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's what we got for this time around. For those who haven't seen the Cougars in action yet this year, the next two weeks are on home soil with home games against Montgomery and Santa Rosa. And we have a feeling you'll be able to see them for the next few weeks after that in the playoffs. Uh, Cy, thanks again for taking some time to chat with us and good luck the rest of the way. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good luck the rest of the way, man. Thank you. And now we're going to take a quick time out for a quick message from Sports Stars Magazine's podcast partner, the California Army National Guard. At some point, your community will be challenged. It could be a flood, forest fire, hurricane, or civil unrest. When it happens, be the one to answer the call. Rescue the stranded, protect the threatened, save the injured. Join the National Guard and serve your community when it needs you most. Visit nationalguard.com to find out more. We thank Silasa Vanjawale for joining us, and we shift gears to our weekly conversation with Coach Terry Edson. Terry really seems to be struggling with the game he loves these days, with mistake-laden football and the near extinction of good defense really teeing him off. Maybe we should you know, introduce him to Rancho's defense. Uh, let's hear what the ball coach has to say for himself this week. All right. Well, we are happy to welcome in the third member of our ensemble, Coach Terry Edson. How are you today? Today is a good day. <laughs> Just had our Hall of Fame yesterday. It was a great day here at Delisau High School. Very and nice. Going to go watch my daughter perform as a broom and a lizard this weekend in uh, Dallas. So uh, in the opera of Hansel and Gretel. So here we go. <laughs> Very nice. So Ben and I are both running on fumes a bit after spending last night in the city for a concert. One of our favorite singer-songwriters was performing. We've riffed about music on this show before, including your classic tale of trying to see Kiss as a teenager. And we're curious, what's the last concert you attended? Uh, January, last January, uh, Chase Center, when I saw Tool. Tool. All right. Uh, Yeah, that's one of my favorite bands. Would not have picked that. All right. Good stuff. Progressive rock. That's me all the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, now I saw Yes was playing uh, up at Wheatland, but 
the only remaining the only remaining uh member is uh oh guy uh, I just what I just forgot uh, Steve Hack <laughs> no not Steve Hackett Steve Howe Steve oh no that is the no I'm wrong I'm wrong <laughs> that was the last concert I saw was well, yes it's no Steve. <laughs> this is who's on first devolving quickly no i'm wrong i did see tool in january but the last concert i saw was april or may i saw steve hackett who used to be the lead guitarist of genesis he and peter gabriel um you know, along with Banks and Rutherford and Phil Collins, they they were they were Genesis, right? And then uh, Gabriel left, and then Hackett left, and then they that was their next album was, and then there were three. I don't know if you guys remember old okay. time Genesis, but Steve Hackett, uh, they made a, a live album called Seconds Out, and um, they he played some of his new stuff. But he played from start to finish, seconds out at the um, the Fox Theater in Oakland. That oh, was an unbelievable night. Yeah, any old Genesis fans, and there are a lot of us there. <laughs> I was definitely like right in the age. <laughs> Usually when I go to concerts, I'm like the old guy, but not at that show. <laughs> I might have been the young guy at that show, but uh, that was unbelievable. That was the last show I've been to. Yes. All right. But I was going to say, I was going to go see Yes, because that's one of my all-time favorite bands, too. But Steve Howe is the only remaining member, unfortunately. Uh, two of them have passed on, and John Anderson no longer sings for them. So I wasn't that interested in that. Seven Friday Night always says yes. And uh, <laughs> in transitioning uh, away from our extracurricular activities back to football, Chase, who is the owner of a broken heart... <laughs> Saw Blake <laughs> he Nicholson. Sure is. <laughs> saw it was Bl the gates of delirium for sure during that game. <laughs> he saw Blake Nicholson of Manteca go absolutely bananas on Friday in a losing effort. But it got us thinking about how a coach might best utilize talent like that. And it, it occurs to us that you and Lad and the, the Spartans have had your share of, of singular talents like this over the years. How did you approach your usage of guys like that when you know they can pretty much do anything you ask them to, but you also need to find them some rest. You need to coach up the other guys and Who maximize says? what they give you. <laughs> Who says they need rest? Oh, wow. 17 years old, Ben. It's 12 minute quarters. What are you kidding me? <laughs> rest. What is this? What does the teenager need rest? Okay. Except at night to go to bed. Okay. I, I don't I don't get that. Well, if you <laughs> I, I you know, see I'm a bad guy to speak on. I agree with that in today's game, but back back in the day we were coaching there uh, our players would laugh and they'd say rest. Um well when you have you know so um we had one of those players, DJ Williams was one of those players. And um, you know, he I'm, i hate to say it, but he probably you know, we, we we ended up taking him off uh, special teams, uh, kickoff and stuff like that, which was he did not want to come off those teams, that team. But we said, no, you got to get a break somewhere, DJ. But um, 
when you have a talent like that, I mean, the best thing, I think the great thing about DJ was the one game we really didn't use him. And that was in um, 99 Stockton in Stockton at a UOP when we played modern day for the second game. And we unleashed uh, the four wide. They're all geared up. Like, I think we've talked about on the show before where they're all geared up to stop the fear. And we unleashed, you know, Mac and Terrace on them for, what was it? Six touchdown passes. And that was, yeah, that was the one time we <laughs> used a great player as a decoy, but um, you know, you have great players. You got to get them the ball. I mean, I don't know how you rush for 400 yards and seven touchdowns and lose. I'm still mystified by that. But uh, today, I guess that's just modern day football. You know, taking a nine point lead's not good enough anymore, as we found out last night on Sunday Night Football. Going up by two scores, every fourth and three. I don't understand half of it, but uh, I don't know what to say. But yes, uh, you do. When you have a great player, I mean, and you're in a tight game, you want to get him the football. There's no doubt about it. I'll ask a, a, a quick. I have another question coming next, but I, just thinking about this as you were talking, I think you see it. Sometimes you see it more in basketball and and sports with lesser lesser numbers on the court or the field. But are there? Do you have to do any kind of massaging to not let the other players on the team just expect that player to take over? Yeah, you know, I, I think you made a, a good reference in because uh, in basketball, I mean, you can literally like like spread out, clear the court and let your, you know, like they did been, LeBron James has been doing for God knows how many years. <laughs> just let them take over. It's not like that in football because everyone understands you, you can't miss a block and have a play succeed. I mean, that's just the bottom line or, you know, there's you know, the field's 53 yards wide, so you can't expect him to do everything. So I don't think you see that attitude to, you know, too much in football. Um, I think, you know, you definitely have confidence that you have, I think it's the other way around. It's like, and I, I really preach this in special teams too, because we always would put like a DJ lot yesterday. We had, um, Atari Callen get inducted in the Hall of Fame, you know, for, you know, he, he played, you know, 96 through 98. When you have guys like uh, a Zeke Berry who just played last year, when you have a DJ Williams, when you have an Atari Callen, and the list goes on and on for us on special teams, we, we definitely emphasize to them, if you make your block, this, this kid's going to be gone. So they understood that, the importance of, man, if I do my job, we're going to get a touchdown. So it really you use it in that respect, you know, just give him some room and he's gone. So it really doesn't look like, oh, I can miss it. It's more like, man, if, if I just do my job, we're going to be, you know, we're in business. Last Tuesday, uh, you lamented the disappearance of defense in high school football. And then week nine just brought more massive scoring. We know football at all levels has become an offensive game, but do you have any theories as to why it's been so one-sided of late? Yeah. Uh, I think w one of the theories is very simply everyone puts their best athletes on offense and, and there, and it looks like uh, for a lot of teams, you know, unless you're a small school, the two way players going the way of the Dodo bird, you know, a lot of, there's so, you know, you know, 
when we started out with the streak and all that, the eighties and all that, we always had a ton of two-way players, but as we, you know, and sort of everybody else, but as the game has moved on and there's so much offensive firepower and guys moving up and down the field and are hurrying up and all that, you, you know, and I think um, uh, you start seeing that as teams, you know, cause there's a lot of teams that run spread kind of hurry it up, you know, or they're not just a huddle team anymore. And, when you start doing that, then you guys are going to get more tired. There's no doubt about it. And you're seeing less and less teams have two-way players. So I think there's sometimes there's a mentality as well, if we can out, you know, if we can outscore them, uh, <laughs> we'll win the game, which, you know, I could never understand that mentality, but, um, and it's, uh, offense is more sexier than defense, you know, so kids want to score. So I don't know. I, I'm not there at all these schools and all that, but I don't know how much, you know, hard kids have to playing defense if you're an offensive, you know, if you're really good on offense. I don't know how kids like to say, like, you know, hey, we need you on defense. Um, so, I, you know, the question is, you know, and I don't even know the answers anymore. Do you want to win or do you want to score touchdowns? And um, <laughs> I think – the it's 50-50 some of the answers you're going to get these days. Well, speaking of uh, winning football games, I, I did get uh, an opportunity to watch a quick minute of last week's game on uh, the interwebs, but is there anything you want to say about De La Salle's 41-3 win over Monta Vista? Uh, we could probably set a school record for interceptions. We hadn't dropped like about four of them. So, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, we, we, we've – I don't want to say because you can't say you simplify anything, but we're I think we're running more of our base defenses and all that, and the kids seem to be a little bit more comfortable. Our defense definitely made things happen in that game and gave us great field position. So, um, and once again, you know, we we saw both quarterbacks came out there and effective doing what what they do best. So, um, like I, you know, we played a really tough schedule and, um, you know, we're going to have Amador this week and then, you know, Clayton Valley, I think the kids are probably, you know, I mean, that our, with our record, I don't think you look any game ahead, but I think that's going to be the, the next really big challenge, Clayton Valley at their place. And so, and like you said, you know, they have size and I've seen them on film and I'm going to have a good breakdown of the game for you, uh, for uh, next week but i haven't watched enough yet but it's going to be good uh but i'm glad we're still we're back at home and that's helpful we're getting healthier too that's the key thing so guys that have been out for a while are, are going to be coming back and um you know that we of course football and something can always go wrong but we had you know we had powers back this week in a limited fashion you know hopefully he'll stay healthy and um Chase Tofiano has been cleared for football activities. So that's going to be a huge booster offensive or offense. Well, offense, you probably not going to know which offense is going to play, but our defensive line, that's really going to be helpful. Journey McCoy has been out for a couple of weeks. He'll be coming back. So we're going to have guys coming back at the right time. So we'll see what happens. I don't think Chase Tofiano's played at all this year, right? That is correct. He was probably perhaps the best outside of outside of Zeke Barry, he was probably the best defensive player on the field when they beat Folsom at Folsom last October. In my opinion, he was really, really good. 
Yeah, he blocked a punt. Yeah. He made a had, two, at least and, four yeah. or five pressures, a couple sacks. Yeah, he was was really good that night. Yeah, he's strong as an ox. He has been he has been he's been hurt, but he's been in the weight room for the last four months, so that ain't gonna hurt. I also tend to get a lot of text for him from your phone. Us being both Chase, you like to include me in in uh, yeah. in group texts that include <laughs> Chase Tofiano. When's the last time that happened, though, Chase? It's been a while, but every once in a while, I get asked if my paper hey, turned in. You know, every. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it only took me about 20 tries to figure it out. I thought that was pretty good. I finally put Chase, I put Chase Tofiano in my phone, and that's helped tremendously because I had the Chase, Chase S, S E and C. Yeah, okay. But as know, Chase that, knows, one is spelled the American way. It's, <laughs> that was so funny though. He goes, What uh I'm sorry, let me turn it in right now. Yeah. <laughs> So we're going to have, correct me if I'm wrong here, maybe we can talk about this on the pick show, but next week it's going to be De La Salle at Clayton Valley, which is the Edson Neighborhood Bowl and the Breeders' Cup in uh, one week. The excitement believe, level. Can just, you believe that? Oh, my I mean, goodness. Is, I, I will talk about next week because I do have a feeling we, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but I definitely want to talk about uh, the Breeders' Cup and Flight Line. That's what we're talking about. Right. I'm in. All right, Coach. Well, we will see you again on Thursday for our pick show, where we might just give you a new segment inspired by some of your recent rants and angry texts called <laughs> Dumb Football. So tune in for that, fans. Uh, that I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, uh, yeah. I have a few things to say myself as we go on to that pick show. Okay. <laughs> I, I know you're surprised by that, that I might have an opinion about something, but yeah. Okay. Sounds good, guys. Coach. See you Thursday. Thanks again to Coach Edson for joining us. Illuminating, as always. Now, before we get out of here, we want to let you know where you can find... Wait a minute. This isn't my part. Chase, you fiend. You scallywag. You tried to trick me, but I will not be tricked. You tell the people where to find our great work. Even on our second time through, I couldn't fool you. (laughs) That's right. Terrible. All right. Here we go. We'd like to once again thank Silasa Vadawali for joining the show to talk Rancho Katati football. And of course, we thank Coach Edson for making his weekly drop-in. We built Seven Friday Night using Anchor, but the show is available on several platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. If you listen to shows on one of those platforms, search for Seven Friday Night, please rate and subscribe. Each of our episodes also get their own dedicated page on Sports Stars Magazine's web home, sportsstarsmag.com. You can stream the episode there, find links to the various other platforms, and check out a variety of bonus items that we tend to include. Also, follow the show on Twitter at, at @sportsstarspods, and you should also be following Sports Stars Magazine at, at @sportsstarsmag. That's where you'll get all the latest updates on upcoming guests and more. Our cover art features photography and design by yours truly, and our theme music was produced and performed by Dustin Phillips, who is also my brother-in-law and is getting married this weekend. So we'd like to send a hearty seven Friday night congratulations to the couple. Ben, do you have any relationship or wedding advice you'd like to uh, dish out to our young composer? Yes, absolutely. Uh, congratulations, Dustin and Sabrina. Very happy for both of you. Um, you know, Dustin, I'm not the married one here. So, you know, take this for whatever it's worth. 
but maybe you ask your sister about this or my co-host. <laughs> a word to the wise. You just don't take your cell phone with you anywhere on that day. Just ditch your cell phone because you might find that you have a friend who feels the need to give you some very important information on that day. Maybe a situation that one of the hosts of Seven Friday Night has found themselves in before. And you don't want to be that person to, you know, get yourself in trouble or get the well-meaning friend in trouble. You don't want to be that guy. So that's my advice for wedding day. Yeah, I concur. Keep that phone in your pocket or even better, keep it in the groomsman room. Leave go. it there. All right. Uh, how about some final thoughts? Take us into week 10. Final thoughts, final thoughts. So since I was at home Friday, uh, I had kind of a big picture view of the week. And I want to give a nod to our colleague and friend, Darren Sabedra, the Bay Area News Group, when he said on Twitter that the theme of the week seemed to be blowouts. In the CCS and the NCS, I think he's pretty much right. Not as much in the SJS, but he doesn't need to care about that because he doesn't need to cover the SJS. So uh, I think he was right, though. And, and I'm mentioning blowouts because a score I saw raised my eyebrows a bit, and it raised their eyebrows to the point where they wrote about it this week as well. Uh, apparently, College Park beat Ignacio Valley 84 to nothing. Now, according to Max Preps, this one was 56 to nothing at halftime. And I'm not going to necessarily criticize a team for doing what they do in the first half. And the score got to 70 on a kickoff return to open the second half and a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Again, I can't go in on those necessarily. So you take these individual parts and you say it's hard to really go in on how this seemingly went down. But I would urge any coach anywhere, anytime, to understand that when the school across the field from you, the school that is struggling to sustain the sport at all, sees an 84 on the scoreboard, that does nobody any good. It doesn't do the winning team any good. It doesn't do the visiting team or the losing team any good. Scores like that are just bad for the game, no matter how they come about. And it's hard to pinpoint something particular or get on my soapbox and say it's malicious because, and I read what was reported uh, on Monday. But I know the college park coaches, and I know that it wasn't malicious. It, like athletic director Jim Keck said, if they need to address how things are celebrated, then that needs to be addressed. And I agree with him. And like he said in the in the story, this is a program that is relearning how to be in that position and to deal with success. And so that takes a little bit of time. Um, but I, I'm everything in my experience, and I think you'll echo this about coach Rossidi and his staff is that that's not what they're about. And so uh, it's hard to go completely over the top with saying that there was malice involved, but I will say the more stuff like this happens, the less teams we are going to have playing football. That's it. Period. That those guys, if, if this affects a couple guys who don't want to come out, a school like Ignacio Valley is operating on a razor thin margin when it comes to participation. And I don't want to see results like this impacting that. So um, it it's something that has happened forever in high school football. There's always been lopsided blowouts like this, um, but you know, you just, you don't want to see it. That's, that's the bottom line. Yeah. Your, your point about programs who are 
raise like on a razor's edge here as far as uh participation goes it, it can't be understated enough because like we when we were talking about this on sunday night and we were hanging out you got guys in a, in a post-game huddle or late in the fourth quarter looking up and seeing 84 on the scoreboard and they gotta be there's gonna be guys that think why are we coming to practice on monday like what are we doing and and if that happens you have two or three guys that don't show up to practice on monday all of a sudden they're underneath uh they're underneath their participation uh, minimum, and then they forfeit the next game. I don't know who in the Valley is supposed to play this week, but you could have a trickle down effect where they can't, where they have to forfeit, and then another team doesn't get a game, and then you're affecting even more kids. And so I, uh, I definitely agree. Uh, I'm glad you said something, uh, and I, I can also speak to the fact that we've known Travis for over 20 years now. We knew him in high school. He was part of our previous show together. Um, way back in the day. I don't think it was malicious, but I do think it's preventable and, and they, we need to work towards making it so um, moving forward. So. Make it so. Make it so. All right. We will be back again on Thursday um, where we'll re-record re- re- those as well. <laughs> you want to <laughs> record it like three, four more times? <laughs> sure. Getting, maybe we'll be really ho- locked in. <laughs> the jokes get better the second or third time. Trust me. <laughs> All right. Well, if we learned anything this week, uh, life comes at you fast. Make sure you hit the record button. So, Wow. Words of wisdom from 7 Friday night. We'll see you guys Thursday. Peace. We're going to go right next to the stage and have Gene Simmons spit blood on us. That was our goal. And we were going to make it happen, Ben. Wow. It happens. Oh, crushing. Paul Stanley gets laryngitis. (laughs) They cancel the show. And what happens? Kiss Alive. That album drops and everybody go crazy. Next time we see him in the summer, second deck in the (laughs) arena. So bitter. I mean, couldn't get tickets. Oh, I never got Gene Simmons spit blood on me. It's one of my uh, bucket list things I just never accomplished in my life, Ben. But, you know.